Welcome to the WikiLeaks press conference on the Central Intelligence Agency. On Tuesday, the 7th of March, WikiLeaks began its new series of leaks on the Central Intelligence Agency, codenamed Vault 7. This uh, series of publications uh, is the largest ever publication of confidential documents on the agency. In fact, uh, the collection uh, of some 8,761 documents which we published uh, on Tuesday is already the largest uh, publication of confidential documents uh, on the agency. Um, the uh, material comes from an isolated, uh, that means disconnected from other computer systems, uh, top secret security network situated inside the CIA's Center for Cyber uh, intelligence. Now that center is uh, both uh, in Virginia, uh, but also importantly there is a uh, branch hidden uh, inside the Frankfurt consulate uh, in Germany. Uh, we've put out some aerial uh, shots of that and the details uh, from our publications about how CIA uh, officers are instructed to penetrate uh, German customs and operate there to develop uh, uh, attacks and support attacks across Europe, Africa, and the Middle East from the Frankfurt Consulate. Um, now, this has already come out uh, as a result of our earlier publications. I'll, I'll go into reactions and updates quickly, but um, the Central Intelligence Agency lost control uh, of its entire cyber weapons arsenal. What do I mean by cyber weapons? Uh, the, those are weaponized viruses, trojans, uh, and malware designed to penetrate the uh, smartphones, smart TVs, uh, computer systems of the world, uh, and then control them, uh, disable them, uh, uh, insert information to them, extract information from them. Uh, now, this is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence to have created such an arsenal uh, and stored it uh, all in one place uh, and not secured it. Um, uh, WikiLeaks uh, discovered the material as a result of it being passed around a number of different uh, members of the US intelligence community out of control in an unauthorized fashion. Uh, just yesterday we've had a, a tip-off from a, a virus researcher who says that um, he believes that one of the viruses uh, whose uh, descriptions uh, we had published that infects uh, Apple Macintoshes, in particular their uh, uh, UFI uh, boot system, that he was attacked by that. Uh, so it looks like um, not only is that material uh, being spread around uh, contractors uh, and um, former um, American uh, computer hackers uh, for hire, but now may be uh, in, the, in the black market or is perhaps being used uh, by these uh, American hackers who sometimes uh, you know, cross both sides of the, of the, of the fence, they're called uh, gray hats. Uh, uh, in, uh, to attacking others. So the CIA developed a giant arsenal, the, uh, what appears to be the largest arsenal of Trojans and viruses in the world that attacks uh, most of the um, systems that uh, journalists, uh, people in government, politicians, uh, CEOs and average people use, uh, didn't secure it, lost control of it, and then uh, uh, appears to have covered up that fact. Uh, we see some press reportage, and we've detected uh, some things as well, uh, that the Central Intelligence Agency uh, became aware uh, within the last uh, couple of months uh, that it had um, lost that material, or that we had that material, uh, and uh, has not uh, disclosed that, uh, to the public at least, uh, has not warned the public uh, that those loose uh, cyber weapons arsenal uh, is out there. 
Uh, it's a very interesting question, I think, about who it is told in government and when. Uh, has it told, did it tell Barack Obama? Did Barack Obama uh, conceal that uh, during the election, after the election? Uh, does, was President uh, Donald Trump uh, informed? Uh, and if so, why has the Central Intelligence Agency not acted with speed uh, to come together with Apple, Microsoft and other manufacturers uh, to defend us all uh, from its own weapon systems. Uh, now, this brings into question the in, entire uh, concept of cyber warfare uh, because it is our analysis uh, and stated also by many other experts that uh, it is impossible to keep effective control of cyber weapons. So what does that mean? Well, it means that if you build them, eventually you will lose them. They are just information. Uh, there's no barrier for, for them spreading uh, across the world. They must be used uh, on the internet. So they must be uh, placed on the internet uh, to be used. Uh, they must go to computers to infect them. Uh, and therefore, um, when that occurs, they can get out of control and there's a very easy cover uh, for any grey market operator, contractor, uh, or rogue intelligence agent uh, to take that material and start uh, a company with it, start a consulting company, uh, a hacker for hire company. Uh, now we're very fortunate in this case uh, that uh, our sources step forward to us uh, so we can tell you uh, what has been going on and so uh, the various uh, uh, manufacturers like Apple, uh, Google and so on uh, can start to develop countermeasures. Now some of those countermeasures uh, have already been put in place according to the manufacturers in response to this. Uh, one or two virus companies uh, also say that they have developed countermeasures. Um, but others say that they need more information. Uh, now WikiLeaks has not published any uh, cyber weapons themselves. We've published documents uh, describing them. Why? It's fairly obvious. Uh, we don't want the journalists and people of the world uh, uh, and our sources being hacked uh, using uh, these weapons. But the problem is that with limited information about the details of how those cyber weapons operate, there is a limited ability to try and uh, produce security fixes uh, for iPhones, for Samsung TVs, for uh, uh, Android's phone, Android phones that are produced by Google, for Microsoft and for Linux, uh, because the exact technical details are not known. Now, uh, WikiLeaks has a lot more uh, information uh, on uh, what has been going on with the cyber weapons program. Uh, and so I want to announce uh, today that after uh, considering um, uh, what we think is the best way to proceed and uh, hearing these calls from um, some of the manufacturers, uh, we have decided to uh, work with them uh, to give them some exclusive access uh, to the additional technical details we have uh, so that fixes uh, can be developed uh, and pushed out so people can be secured. And then once this material is effectively uh, disarmed uh, by us, by removing critical components, uh, we will publish uh, additional details uh, about uh, what has been occurring. Um, now, I want to draw attention uh, to a statement that the uh, president of Microsoft has put out. Uh, and this is something that we have been working on uh, as well and that a great many others have been calling for. Um, so here is the quote. Uh, Just as the Fourth Geneva Convention has long protected civilians in times of war, we now need a digital Geneva Convention that will commit governments to protecting civilians from nation-state attacks in times of peace. And just as the Fourth Geneva Convention uh, recognized that the protection of civilians required the active involvement of the Red Cross, 
protection against nation-state cyber attacks requires the active assistance of technology companies and companies like WikiLeaks, which can provide information about these attacks. The tech sector plays a unique role in the internet's, as the internet's first responders, and we therefore should commit ourselves to a collective action which will make the internet a safer place, affirming the role, our role, as a neutral digital Switzerland that assists people all over the world uh, uh, to be secure. Um, so now I will uh, go on to some questions. Uh, first of all, um, and I confess this is one uh, from me, um, does WikiLeaks have a position uh, on this sort of material? Well, WikiLeaks has a, a position on publishing in general. We fight for the rights of publishers to publish. Uh, we fight for the rights of sources to be protected. Uh, and we fight for media accuracy, having obtained a perfect record in the last 10 years. It's one of our comparative advantages. But otherwise, we don't have a position on particular issues that we're publishing about. But in this case, we do have a position. Uh, we have a position because these types of cyber weapons are used to attack the communication technology that journalists use to communicate with their sources and with each other. The sorts of technology uh, that investigative reporters reporting on the national security sector, reporting on war crimes, use uh, to communicate their information within their media organization uh, and back and forth with their sources. For example, the New York Times uh, has uh, put up a tip line uh, that is based upon the Signal protocol. Now, Signal is a, uh, a good encryption system for uh, mobile smartphones. But what's the problem? Well, if you control the smartphones, it doesn't matter how good the encryption system is. So Signal and Telegram, from that perspective, can simply be, be bypassed by attacking the endpoints, attacking uh, one of the uh, telephones belonging to the source or one of the telephones uh, belonging to the journalist. And the New York Times has a central tip line, one phone that all its tips go to for the Signal protocol. Uh, and of course, that phone can be hacked. It doesn't matter what the security uh, system is. As a result, you see the numbers coming into the coming into it, and you see the messages exchanged. So WikiLeaks does have a pos position. Uh, we want to secure communications technology because without secure communications technology, uh, journalists are not able to effectively hold the state to account. Is WikiLeaks protections for its sources? Are they affected by this? No, uh, they're not affected, not directly. Why is that? Well, because we're specialists in this area. We're specialists in source protection. Uh, and I've known uh, in general about this type of problem for a long time. Uh, so our systems are developed to uh, not be exposed. They're not based on smartphones, for example. We have specialized cryptography. Uh, there's not sus susceptible to these types of attacks. Uh, on the other hand, are our lawyers susceptible to these types of attacks? Yes, they are. Uh, a lot, well, a lot, of the, a lot of them are susceptible to these types of attacks. Are our key security staff? No, because we understand that. Uh, but we want to protect all our staff and the rights of journalists and sources uh, to communicate effectively. Okay, so that's my question. Now I go into the others. Uh, so, question from uh, CNN. Uh, as long as these are overseas targets, isn't it legal for the CIA to do this? Well, first of all, I, I just like to, it's a, a, a legally important question in the United States, but there are many questions that might be asked uh, by CNN, uh, a one that seems to uh, defend the interests of the CIA, I think is a bit problematic, has been the first question to ask. Um, well, the the, uh, the answer is this. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the CIA does have a history uh, of attacking not only uh, the 
political parties are uh, operating overseas, we just published how the Central Intelligence Agency uh, issued instructions to its staff to penetrate the last French election cycle in 2012, last French president, uh, presidential election. Uh, it has a habit uh, of behaving badly inside the United States as well. Now, um, that's an extensive habit going on for years. Uh, most recently, in 2014, uh, the CIA was denounced by the US Senate Intelligence Committee uh, because it had hacked uh, their investigation uh, in Congress uh, into the CIA torture program and had uh, used its uh, hackers to retrieve uh, documents that the Senate Intelligence Committee had, uh, evidencing what the Central Intelligence Agency did uh, in terms of torture. Why did it do that? Well, the, I mean, it's given various excuses. The answer uh, probably is because it perceived that that information would be a threat to itself as an institution. This is how institutions behave, uh, especially uh, intelligence institutions. Uh, the CIA is the largest intelligence agency in the world by budget, uh, budgetary uh, expenditure. And of course, it wants to maximize uh, its own institutional power. Uh, and key individuals also want to defend their programs or um, increase uh, their roles, get themselves into a position where they can cash out uh, and go to work for uh, uh, defense contractors. What about WikiLeaks material uh, in the first part of Alt-7? Uh, does it uh, demonstrate the CIA hacking targets within uh, the United States? That's an interesting question. The answer is not no. Um, there are more than 22,000 IP addresses that we have detected, internet uh, addresses, uh, that correspond to computer systems uh, within the United States. Now, uh, one of the large research projects that we have underway is how many of those systems are attack systems that are used to relay and pass attacks from the CIA out into the rest of the world. Uh, and how many of those are intermediary victims, that is, um, say, uh, an internet service provider which is hacked in order to create an attack somewhere else overseas, uh, and how many are direct victims, how many correspond to, say, a visitor uh, to the United States from a foreign country, how many correspond to joint operations between the CIA and FBI with the CIA providing technical support, etc. So it's a, a complex question uh, that is not yet resolved, but there are more than 22,000 uh, IP addresses corresponding to CIA activities in the United States. Um, a question, is there proof that the CIA are involved in internal struggle leaking as opposed to something else. Uh, well, we can't, we can't comment directly uh, on sourcing. Um, as someone who's studied the behavior for many years of intelligence agencies in different countries, it is an unusual time uh, in the United States to see uh, an intelligence agency so uh, prominently involved uh, in domestic politics. Uh, now, as a sort of le level of principle, that's, that's quite problematic. Uh, there are arguments on the other side that, obviously, if, if there's an extreme uh, government, uh, then perhaps that does call for illegal behavior uh, by an intelligence agency. Uh, we don't have an opinion uh, on whether that is the case yet or not in the United States. Uh, WikiLeaks uh, is, um, in, I guess, in intellectually intrigued to see uh, this conflict occurring uh, because it does tend to generate uh, whistleblowers uh, and sources on both sides of the equation. Mm -hmm. uh, what are the implications for journalists and their sources? Well, I explained previously um, these types of attack technology are used uh, to penetrate uh, the computers and phones that journalists use to communicate with each other and to communicate and protect their sources. I think that's an incredible problem. Um, 
in response to the Edward Snowden disclosures and some others, uh, much more encryption has been used uh, by uh, ind individual companies specializing in it, like Whis Whisper Systems and like Telegram, but also included into Apple and Microsoft and other uh, products. So that is fairly effective at uh, hindering bulk interception, uh, which is what the National Security Agency has been doing, passively uh, taking all the information, say, that flows from Latin America uh, to North America or from North America to Europe. Um, but uh, in response, the Central Intelligence Agency, at least, uh, has uh, diversified to specialize on attacking the endpoints prior to encryption occurring or after decryption occurring. And you say, okay, but that at least means that they have to engage in targeted attacks, which is more, more expensive and might have more of an uh, audit trail. That's true, but the, we have uh, exposed a particular section of the Central Intelligence Agency called the Automated Implant Branch. So that is not just to develop uh, viruses and other attacks to put into people's computer systems uh, to facilitate a CIA hacker in doing that, but also to um, automate how that is done. So you can, you can see that between uh, an individual targeted attack, which is in direct and invasive, and massive passive bulk interception, there's an intermediary point which is the increasing automation of targeted attacks. They're automated enough, they start to approach the level of bulk passive interception. We're not there yet uh, for most countries, uh, but we are shifting significantly away from one CIA officer directing one hacker uh, who attacks one target. Rather, we're seeing uh, systems developed and whole branches of the Central Intelligence Agency to automate uh, attacks and infestations of CIA malware into targets. Mm. How do these practices by the CIA impact on members of the general public, Android phones, iPhones, Samsung TVs, etc.? Uh, well, in a, in a number of ways. So. Uh, you might think as a member of the uh, kind of average person, well, is the CIA interested in you? We, we have this problem that increasing automation of these attacks means that the interest may not have to be that high. Uh, you, might be, you might know someone who knows someone uh, who, say, works for the French government, uh, who will be uh, the target of such an attack because um, they're involved in uh, decision-making about large French exports. Uh, and we published a previous document showing how the ODNI, that's the oversight body for all uh, intelligence agencies, instructed the CIA to try and get hold of every single uh, French contract valued at over $200 million. Uh, similarly, in the information we revealed about uh, CIA attacks on the French political parties, uh, there was uh, two instructions to try and determine whether French political parties would try and uh, go for a more German-oriented uh, economic policy of increasing exports. Now, pre presumably what's going on is that the Central Intelligence Agency uh, and the ODNI, um, through the who they tend to be involved in contracting, is close to organizations, say, like Boeing uh, and then wants to assist uh, Boeing in unfair competition, say, against Airbus, uh, which the French have a stake in. Mm. Uh, the question about redactions, um, WikiLeaks has often stated that it only redacts in exceptional cases. Uh, well, there's been a lot of false report reportage about what our redaction policy is. Uh, our redaction policy is essentially the same as the Freedom of Information Act, which is um, uh, we don't redact unless uh, there are important grounds to do so, and then we only do so for a limited period of time 
until those important grounds uh, have elapsed. Uh, in this particular case, uh, we redacted some 78,000 uh, pieces of information for Vault 7 Part 1. Uh, that information corresponds, as I said before, to IP addresses of uh, targets and attack machines. Well, why did we redact that? Well, because we're in this investigate, we want to investigate um, uh, what, uh, which ones are targets, which ones are attack machines, which ones were victims that were attacked to get a placehold to make another attack. Uh, and if we publish them all immediately, we w it'll be harder uh, to uh, create that investigation. Mm. Uh, what is the time period that these publications relate to? The, the time period is 2013 to 2016 uh, for the part one publication that we published uh, on Tuesday. Other material in Vault 7 uh, is also uh, recent and there is some older material. material. Interestingly, one of the uh, key systems, attack systems, uh, developed by the C Central Intelligence Agency, which affects multiple uh, computer types at once, uh, is called Hive. Uh, and if you look carefully, you will see that in our publications on Tuesday, there's a reference to Hive being uh, first started more than a decade ago. So the CIA has been involved in this for quite a long period of time, gradually expanding uh, its capacity as it managed to get uh, budgetary and political preeminence over its chief bureaucratic and budgetary rival, the National uh, Security Agency. So that's a, that's a very interesting story about the conflict between these two uh, rival agencies over time with a CIA budget uh, that used to be smaller than the national security budget and is now something like 1.5 times uh, the size of the national security budget. As a result, the CIA has been able to uh, build its uh, own drone air force uh, and um, massively expand its hacking or, or, uh, operation so it doesn't need to ask the National Security Agency for favours. And of course, if you ask someone for a favour, a favour uh, can be asked back, but also a lot of the operations that the CIA conducts are a bit questionable. For example, is that operation conducted against the Senate uh, intelligence Committee. Now, if the CIA had no capacity of its own, it would have ha had to ask the National Security Agency to provide it with hackers to help it attack uh, and try and take uh, those CIA documents off um, Diane Feinstein and her staff. Uh, now, it wasn't able to, it, it didn't need to uh, disclose that to the National Security Agency because it had the capacities uh, to do it itself. And the National Security Agency, having been in the so prominent, uh, especially after the Edward Snowden publications in 2013, uh, has far more oversight and accountability uh, for its digital operations than the Central Intelligence Agency does. Um, it's, it's, it's a real question whether in practice there can be meaningful oversight. I don't think there can be. I think it's an illusion uh, that there can be meaningful oversight. Although one has to try because you can't, you can't leave a regulatory ground unoccupied because it, it, it will simply, uh, the, the uh, bureaucratic organization will simply expand uh, into that regulatory ground and occupy it. So why can't the CIA's hacking operations be effectively um, regulated? Well, uh, they're done in secret. It's it's arcane, complex uh, technology. And look what has happened with the CIA loss of control over its entire cyber weapons arsenal. So if the CIA, which is certainly has, is, has, is highly motivated to try and keep control of its cyber weapons arsenal, if it can't even control its entire cyber weapons arsenal uh, because information can uh, flow without oversight, then what is the chance that it can control how that arsenal is used? It, it doesn't, it can't. There's, there's absolutely nothing to stop uh, a random CIA officer uh, or contractor or liaison uh, agent working for the British uh, using that technology against whoever they like, 
for whatever personal reasons they like. The technology is designed to be unaccountable. It's designed to be untraceable. It's designed to hide itself. It's designed to, uh, to remove traces of its activity. It's designed to throw off uh, uh, people looking to see uh, where there are uh, fingerprints uh, that might uh, demonstrate who authored um, that technology. Um, and that is done by collecting uh, um, viruses and malware uh, from mafia and uh, various groups in other states and assembling them. That's something that uh, we published, uh, that there's a whole section of the CIA working on something called Umbridge, uh, which is designed to do that. Uh, and we have quite a lot more material that talks about these um, attempts to throw off uh, authenticate, sorry, to throw off uh, attribution to discover who was really uh, behind a particular cyber attack. Already uh, uh, an antivirus expert has come forward to say that a, uh, a sophisticated malware that he had attributed to a state, either uh, Iran, China, uh, or Russia, uh, now he believes actually is from a central intelligence agency because the uh, type of attack system it uses uh, corresponds directly to a description that we published of that attack system and it's rare enough that it seems unlikely it would be independently discovered. discovered. Unless of course that China has already gotten hold of these parts of the CIA arsenal and that China uh, is using them to pretend to be the CIA. Um, is the CIA causing uh, commercial damage uh, to companies through these practices? Uh, yes, uh, potentially billions of dollars uh, of damage. Because if, uh, say, you're in China, which is now the world's largest economy, and you run a company and you want to equip all your employees uh, with particular phones or particular computers, um, do you trust that if you go and buy a Dell computer or a computer running Microsoft or an Apple phone, can, can you trust uh, that uh, it's not vulnerable to these CIA attacks? Well, because Apple uh, and Dell and so on are all based in the United States, when it's understood that the uh, US government is breaching uh, previous promises that it has made, which is to tell US industry about these vulnerabilities, then it starts to look like that the US government and US industry uh, is in cahoots. Uh, and then you can't trust any exports uh, from the United States. So um, uh, one report just at the time of the Edward Snowden um, revelations suggested that that practice by the National Security Agency of imperiling US industry uh, would cost $40 billion uh, in exports. So this sort of uh, uh, behavior by the Central Intelligence Agency undermining those commitments by the Barack Obama administration to tell US technology companies about vulnerabilities before they were exploited by foreign intelligence agencies or by cyber mafia. Uh, that breach of promise um, decreases trust both uh, in the US government but also uh, in US exports. What is the role of the US consulate uh, in Frankfurt? At the US consulate uh, in Frankfurt, our publications reveal uh, is a, a CIA hacker base uh, that uh, people go there from the Central Intelligence Agency. They are given instructions about uh, how to get past German customs, and they operate out of that hacker base uh, to attack targets uh, within Europe uh, within Africa uh, and within the Middle East. Uh, if, if you look at the consulate, it's, that's quite remarkable. Uh, it's an enormous complex. Uh, there was something like 2,000 uh, people working there. They're not all uh, computer, hack computer hackers. They're presumably other elements of the Central Int Intelligence Agency and some genuine uh, consular work. But the German press is quite concerned about it uh, and the the chief prosecutor uh, of Germ Germany, Germany, who 
corresponds uh, in some ways to the US Attorney General uh, uh, being a, an equivalent um, position. His name is Peter Frank, uh, and he announced yesterday uh, that the German government is uh, conducting a preliminary investigation to see if it will launch a major probe into the activities being conducted uh, out of that consulate and also more broadly whether uh, people in Germany are being attacked by the Central Intelligence Agency. The, I suppose that my analysis is, and it's, it's borne out to a degree by uh, our documents, is that, well, uh, that consulate is in Schengen, so it's in the open border area of Europe. Once you're there, you can go out to 25 different countries, Italy, Switzerland, France, etc., and attack targets there. And you go, well, okay, but the Central Intel Intelligence Agency hackers, why do they need to go into Europe at all physically? I mean, can't they just hack from uh, Langley, Virginia? Uh, well, they can hack some types of attacks from Langley, Virginia, maybe even the majority. But there's many other types of attacks that the CIA has developed, which involve getting physically close to someone or to their computer system or slipping in very quickly a USB into, say, um, the French Ministry of Foreign Affairs or export and having that malware then go into the computer system, steal things and pull it back onto the USB and then walking off. So those types of uh, proximal attacks uh, require physical proximity. And so once you're in Schengen, there's once a CIA hacker is in a Schengen country, uh, one of these 25 countries in Europe, they can uh, transport themselves and their attacks to any one of the other 24 countries. Uh, and uh, that the Frankfurt and the Wiesbaden area has a history um, uh, of supporting a number of different US bases, mil military bases, uh, and bases that are used for intelligence activity. In fact, there's a, we published something a, a while ago that when I gave a talk uh, in 2009 uh, in Berlin, uh, illicitly, uh, a US military intelligence agency had come from one of these Wiesbaden bases uh, and come down into Berlin. And that's the subject of a, of a formal criminal complaint because it, it violates the basing agreement, the agreement that Germany has with the United States. Okay. You can have some bases here, but they shouldn't be used to attack people in Germany. How do these publications shed light on the ability of the CIA to penetrate high security networks uh, not connected to the internet? Uh, important question. So they're called air-gapped networks. So you're worried about being attacked over the internet you make your machines internet disconnected. That's what most uh, police uh, networks do, for example, uh, or networks that are inside um, companies, say, like uh, Boeing. Uh, they disconnect their networks so that hackers, they think, can't attack them. Uh, but the CIA has created uh, a number of viruses, one, for example, called Hammerdrill, which are air gap jumping viruses. So they sit on a computer. Uh, waiting, this particular one, Hammerdrill, sits on a computer, a Windows computer, waiting until someone goes to burn a CD-ROM, puts software on a CD-ROM and jumps onto the CD-ROM, infects the executable, the programs that you put on the CD-ROM. So then when it goes somewhere else, it then infects the computer and it starts a, starts a channel. There's a number of uh, uh, at least 30 different types of uh, malware that the CIA has created to try and do that. Some that uh, are designed for CIA hackers uh, and CIA agents um, to, say, pretend to go somewhere and pretend to uh, give a presentation or use VLC, um, Video Land, uh, it's a, a video player, uh, to play a video or to give a presentation. Meanwhile, behind the scenes, uh, the video presentation software and uh, its Trojanized version of VLC uh, goes into the computers that it's plugged into, uh, surveys them, infects them, and ransacks the material and brings it back. So you invite 
someone into your company uh, or government uh, department to give a presentation, they put this into the presentation computer and it's infected. Um, similarly, to play a video and it's infected. Many other different things. What one is even uh, a virus scanner. So someone is pretending to be a, a computer security consultant uh, to remove viruses from an organization. And in fact, the virus checking program is the CIA virus that is used to infest the rest of the computer network and uh, retrieve information. Among the list of possible targets, uh, are there any uh, references to um, extremists or transnational criminals, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? Well, in the material that we published uh, on Tuesday, Vault Seven, Part One, uh, no, there's it's conspicuous. There's there's no reference to terrorism. There's no reference uh, to extremists. Uh, there are references to many other uh, target types. Uh, for example, uh, liaison uh, agents. So allied intelligence agencies speak to the central intelligence agency. Uh, and the CIA has developed a menu uh, of frequent attacks that include attacking the liaison uh, officers coming presumably from GCHQ or the DGSE, which is a French intelligence agency, who think that they are cooperating with the CIA, but really the CIA uh, is infesting uh, the liaison agent. So they're all there in a menu called fine dining. It's a, it's a list which is, uh, literally, literally describes itself as a menu of frequent attacks uh, and attack types uh, that is given to CIA case officers. And they say, yeah, I want to attack and infest um, some agent that I control, uh, liaison, um, uh, someone working for a, a foreign government department, uh, etc. But what is not there is any reference to terrorists, any reference to extremists. Uh, and that actually shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. No, no, one, no one who studies the intelligence world, that's a surprise to. Uh, because uh, if, even if you just look at the budgets that came out uh, in 2013 for the US intelligence black budget, uh, you don't see uh, uh, anything like the majority of the budget going towards uh, extremism, e even though there are very strong political reasons to try and couch any operation uh, in terror countering terrorism or countering extremism to get more money. Uh, but despite that political pressure, uh, something like a third of the US, the entire in US intelligence budget uh, is described as countering various forms uh, of, ex of extremism. And the overwhelming majority is not, but particularly for the CIA. Uh, the vast majority of expenditure and attack types are geopolitical. Um, they're, they're about, you know, uh, similar to the information we revealed about CIA attacking, on, attacking the French election cycle, understanding who's, who could be pals with the CIA, who could, you know, help out uh, uh, their institution in one way or another. So, for example, you spy on uh, Airbus, that information you then pass to the US uh, Chamber of Commerce, amongst others, which is listed in the material. Uh, and the US Chamber of Commerce can then adjust what it is doing in order to assist Boeing. Uh, and these companies are closely connected to each other. It's not even about what is the policy that can help US industry the most or boost the US economy the most. It, it's about which elements of the US economy and uh, or related intelligence organizations in the United States and outside the United States are best able to ask for favors because they have proximity. They have interpersonal proximity or they have institutional proximity. Uh, the question about a story that's in the press, uh, the possible hacking monitoring of President uh, Donald Trump and his team. Do these revelations shed any light 
on what is possible in this regard. Um, well, there, there were earlier press reports that the Trump cabinet has been using a encryption system called Confide, where the messages disappear quite quickly. It's sort of like a, a, an extra encrypted version of Snapchat. Uh, well, I mean, it doesn't matter. It's on smartphones. This software attacks smartphones. It doesn't matter what encryption you're running on it, whether it's Telegram or Signal or Confide. It can bypass that encryption. It can turn on the microphones. Uh, it can monitor movements. It can uh, activate the camera to look at the fo photos that have been taken. Has the CIA uh, done that? Well, this material doesn't uh, comment on whether it has done, done that to, to President Trump. I suppose uh, a question that is uh, of interest is there was a lot of press, rep there, were, there are numerous press reports in the New York Times and Washington Post, some in Politico, that, uh, that Donald, people close to Donald, President uh, Donald Trump had been monitored in a counterintelligence activity, possibly by some parts of the US government possibly FBI. FBI had been mentioned, NSA had been mentioned. On the other hand, it seems that many of the leaks to the media uh, are coming from the Central Intelligence Agency based upon how they're described. Um, there are a number of collaborations that are evidenced by the material that we publish uh, between the FBI and CIA, National Security Agency and CIA. So I, I think there's a, a real there's a, a real question whether that technology is being used or has been used in these types of investigations. That is a separate tech question to whether CIA officers have been pressing the button on that technology. What, what is often done in the commercial industry, the commercial spying industry, is if you're in the commercial industry, uh, you can be prosecuted for hacking someone. So what, so what happens in the commercial industry, and you can look at a big publication we did called Hacking Team, where we published more than, uh, more than a million uh, emails from an Italian uh, computer hacking contractor called Hacking Team. Uh, it sets up attack sites and it writes the software uh, and then it helps configure it for a, a hacking attack uh, and then it gives the people that they've sold it to in a government department, intelligence agency, uh, police service, the ability to press the button. So they hope that that removes them from being accountable for the attack. They've just created the system to attack, but the actual button uh, was pressed by a different party. Uh, so that's a, obviously a possibility in the United States in relation to a number of different attacks. Um, uh, publications don't say anything directly about uh, the president and cabinet, but uh, that is a general uh, phenomenon of people creating attack systems and facilitating an attack in some way, but being careful about the legalities of actually pressing the button. Uh, how many parts to uh, the Vault 7 series? Uh, well, we have a lot of material. It's, it's, a, it's a big journalistic investigation from us, uh, from our partners. Uh, we need more partners. Uh, so th those who have engaged in journalistic excellence uh, on reporting the material that we have published so far, uh, and there been, has been some good reports, uh, we'll look at those people and try and approach some of them to get them in. Uh, there's more work than WikiLeaks can do on its own. That's, very, that's quite typical with some of our big publications. So we assemble international teams to try and you know, get as much understanding in as many different languages uh, as possible. Uh, and then also finally make sure a lot of the material is published uh, so the, the public uh, can also miss any angles that us uh, and the combined journalistic uh, team of missed. In this case, we have an extra problem, which is um, that uh, we have quite a lot of exploits. Uh, that is this key attack code uh, that uh, we want to uh, disarm uh, before we think about publishing it. Uh, and to, to have that discussion, uh, we're going to work with some of these uh, manufacturers that have that have called for it to 
try and get those uh, antidotes uh, out there uh, before we publish more information that can give clues to um, cyber mafia or, or other intelligence agencies on how to do this. Uh, there, there, there is a, a fair criticism, I think, of that methodology, and we'll watch it closely, which is that the CIA was so careless uh, to produce this material, this enormous cyber weapons um, arsenal, and lose control of it at least once, and then it has spread. So does the cyber, various cyber mafia already have it? Uh, do foreign intelligence agencies already have it? Uh, well, I think that's a serious question. They weren't securing it very well. So it's quite possible that numerous people could have it. Also, it has spread, uh, or appears to have spread, uh, within the, the number of individuals within the um, US uh, intelligence community. Uh, so how much more will it spread? I'd, I think it's quite hard to control. E even if WikiLeaks doesn't publish uh, any of these uh, cyber weapons, I think it is quite hard uh, to, to stop the spread uh, elsewhere, which might have already occurred. So, th so therefore, what you want is the fastest possible um, antidotes. Uh, and, and for that to, uh, that to occur, the fastest way, of course, is to just uh, publish everything. Uh, but at the moment, we're watching to see whether there, there, is, a, there is a spread, uh, an analyze what we have, work with some of the manufacturers to create, uh, uh, to create uh, antidotes uh, to these weapons. Uh, now, the question, why is WikiLeaks focusing only on problems from the uh, United States? Well, that's not true. It's, uh, uh, we've published, uh, just in the last few months, very significant uh, collections of materials from Germany, uh, from Turkey. In fact, in response to our Turkish publications, the Turkish government put seven Turkish journalists who had reported on our publications into prison. A very serious situation. One of those Turkish journalists, journalists is fortunate enough that he was a foreign correspondent for Die Zeit, which is a, a German newspaper, and so he's getting a bit of support from Germany. But the, the other six are, are in a serious situation, uh, completely outrageous, that uh, they're simply reporting uh, on what we published. And the Turkish government, Erdogan's government, has um, abused concerns about the, the, the coup that occurred a few months ago uh, to crack down on uh, reporting about uh, corruption. In this case, uh, the emails that were from Erdogan's son-in-law, who was the Minister for Energy, and that's what we published. You can look them up, uh, Barat's box. Uh, on Russia and China, we have published hundreds of thousands of things. Uh, most of them are critical about 80% 80, 80 are critical, and more than uh, 2.3 million uh, from the Syrian uh, government, including Bashar al-Assad's personal emails. So all, all cultures tend to just look at themselves and speak to themselves. They speak their own language, uh, and they're aware of themselves uh, and what other people say about them or what's been published about their culture. Uh, when it's published about another culture or another country, they don't pay attention. Uh, but of course, but pe people raise this for you know distracting reasons to try and question the messenger, because um, the content itself is so powerful. Okay, that's it. Uh, let me just break. I'll just break for uh, about three minutes and see if any other questions that are really important have come in, and if so, I might answer them. Uh, g'day, my name's Julian Assange. Uh, welcome back to the WikiLeaks press conference. We have found uh, some other uh, questions from Fox, CBS, ABC, uh, and a, another journalist. We're not sure where they're from. Uh, we'll start, first of all, uh, with CBS. Jeff uh, Peggs uh, asks, why did you release the documents on Tuesday? Can you comment on the timing? Uh, we have a description of the timing in the frequently asked uh, questions. It was as soon as we were ready, uh, that it wasn't the weekend anymore. 
those were the only uh, factors uh, involved. Interestingly, the uh, uh, administration says it's going to prepare some response on cyber war. Uh, not, not sure exactly when that is. They said that within 30 days. I think the 30 days might have already relapsed, uh, but it didn't play a part uh, in our timing. Uh, nothing, nothing else played a part in our timing. Just, it's, it's quite a, you know, you can imagine it's quite a, a difficult effort to pull this kind of thing together. There has been also uh, a number of attacks on our uh, lawyers uh, and on even this, uh, the, the various forms uh, of streaming hardware that we use to create these press conferences. Our secure systems are all fine, but uh, this streaming system is insecure because it's, it's for the public. And it went down. Uh, and we have some workarounds for some parts. Uh, I'm not sure if some of the other glitches that you've seen today have anything to do with that. Probably not. They're probably just glitches. But what occurred on Tuesday uh, was much more serious. Uh, but to be fair, I mean, we are publishing an epic scoop on the CIA, the biggest in its history. Uh, they deserve to have a little bit of comeback. Uh, okay. Um, Brian Ross from ABC. Mr. Assange, have you ever been paid by the Russian government or state-funded outlet RT? Uh, the answer is no, uh, but quite uh, interesting to see that ABC taking that line. This is the largest publication of Central Intelligence Agency documents. Number one, enormous journalistic scoop about all sorts of things that affect journalists, in, uh, in almost every individual within the United States and in many other countries uh, about the, the, in some sense, the, f the future of what it means to be a state. Where is the border of, between one state and another? Borders are created by sea and land, uh, but borders are also created by one army meeting another army and then making a truce. That's where borders come from. On the internet, there's no borders. Uh, and if there's something like the use of force, it's a in very interesting question as to how much uh, state computer hacking is like a use of force. In some ways it isn't, in some ways it is. Uh, then obviously borders start to become pretty mushy. So enormously interesting that instead here we have a pretty sad question trying to divert uh, from this epic publication uh, to, yeah, something else. Um, Hilary Vaughan from Fox, uh, how long do you anticipate it will help uh, tech companies to issue fixes or secure devices? What is the time frame? That's a, a very important question. Uh, my experience as a computer security guy, which is what I used to be in my previous profession, uh, well, some of those fixes will be fast, ones that uh, just affect the little part of the system. It's a little part that you can make a hole in and go through, but the fix is just plugging this little, this little hole, tweaking a little, distributing it, test, testing it, distributing it. Those can be issued potentially in just two or three days. Um, problems that affect more critical aspects of a uh, computer code that's in a telephone or TV or somewhere else, some of them can take uh, a lot longer to fix. And for some systems, like uh, Android with many manufacturers, possibly like those Samsung uh, TVs, it can, it can, there is no automatic update to the system. So people have to manually try and pull something in. So that means the only people who are aware of it can fix the problem. If you're not aware of it, the problem is not fixed. Uh, but this, that question journalists should be asking uh, of the, the various manufacturers. Uh, involved. It is an important question, as important to put pressure on those uh, companies to make it a basically to make security something that is that the market cares about, and they'll respond. And they are they are to a degree already responding. Um, if they can get away with it, they'll say nothing. That's what that's what Google did initially was to to just say nothing at all, hoping perhaps that maybe people wouldn't discuss it because Android is significantly more insecure than iOS, which is the software that's used on iPhone. Both of them have severe problems. Uh, 
that are described in these uh, CIA documents that were published. Uh, but iPhone has slightly, le slightly less. Um, another journalist says, uh, it is, is it clear which countries were among the targets of the program? Uh, partly. We, ha we have a lot of records in uh, this part one material, uh, a lot more in the others that we're still studying, uh, that reveals tens of thousands uh, uh, of targets. So yes, uh, many of the targets are revealed, but many are also not. And that, that's to do with how the CIA splits up uh, the different, uh, its different sections uh, and branches. Some of the operational branches only within that branch uh, and it can be quite closely held, do they know what the targets are? In other cases, there's collaboration uh, between branches and you know, support of one branch to another, and the information about targets uh, can spread further, but as we have already stated, there's more than 22,000 just uh, in this initial batch of material. IP addresses correspond to United States. It's not clear which, which, are, which are attack infrastructure intermediary victims uh, or, or targets, uh, but there's also, uh, as we've stated, attacks, numerous attacks uh, on Europe and Latin America, uh, including Brazil, uh, including Ecuador. Um, and we're still assessing uh, which parts of, the, uh, of those governments and individuals uh, have been uh, attacked. But, you know, Brazil and Ecuador are not really known for their extremists. Uh, okay, that's it. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.